Marketing Week Meets, sponsored by Salesforce's intelligent one-to-one -one customer journeys. Helping you achieve higher revenue, happier customers, and lower costs. Hello and welcome to Marketing Week Meets, a monthly podcast in which we speak to a marketer about their life, career and thoughts on the state of the marketing universe. Our criteria for interview subjects is simple, people who've made their mark in marketing. Our guest on this podcast ticks that box. Gareth Helm is one of the UK's most experienced and respected marketers. Starting his career in earnest at Unilever at the start of the 90s, he has held senior positions at some of the UK's best-known brands. Significant stints include Innocent Marketing Director, Brand Director at Money Supermarket and CMO of Zoopla, before taking one of the biggest gigs in UK marketing, CMO of McDonald's. He is varyingly described by those endorsing him on LinkedIn as inspiring, supportive and passionate about marketing. Welcome, Gareth. Well, thank you for having me. Picking up on what I just said there about you being passionate, or at least others observing you as passionate about marketing seems from that and your career in marketing that you really like being a marketer. Would that be fair to say? I love it. I found the best career I could possibly have ever found. Um, bit of luck in terms of finding it, but I, am, I just love consumers. I just get captivated by consumers. I love um, understanding their behaviours. I love trying to influence them, um, trying to buy my products. I love um, thinking about the future. Um, and I found it by chance. So I'm very, very lucky to have found it. And I'm, you know, I look back on 30 years and think what luck I've had. And I hope other people can follow me in a, a wonderful marketing career as well. Well, let's go back 30 years uh, to the beginning of your career. What attracted you to marketing in the first place? Well, this will sound strange. So I was a chemist. You probably didn't know that. I was a chemist. Um, and I was quite analytical and I was quite creative, and I didn't really understand marketing. And at that time, I was going to um, industrial society meetings thinking, I don't want to be a chemist. I have no idea what I want to be. And I generally went for the beer and the food. Um, but one time I went, and uh, Unilever were presenting, and they're presenting on hair care in the Middle East. A guy called Will Pugh. And he just started talking, and that was it. And the penny dropped, and I thought, that is what I want to do. And he was talking about the, the hair being the crown and glory and how you market, actually it was sun silk in the Middle East. And that was the moment. And that was, the light went on and I applied to Unilever and I ended up working uh, in Will Pugh's kind of effective team. Um, and I was incredibly lucky. And that was the start, but a lucky break. And had I not decided to go that evening, I possibly wouldn't be in marketing today. But that was the moment. And I, I look back and think that was it. And Fantastic. A serendipitous uh, last-minute decision. Unilever is often one of those companies alongside P&G and Mars and Cadbury that's seen as, traditionally anyway, the great marketing universities. What was it about Unilever, what is it about Unilever in terms of your experience that really set you up for a career in brand and marketing? So I think Unilever, going back, going back to when I joined, and, and still to this day is truly customer focused. I mean, they really get to grips at understanding what consumers believe in and 
the insight and kind of getting to that rub of what is the insight and how can we kind of engage them properly. So they properly listen and then they actually properly execute marketing in the full round. I mean, I think um, when I look at marketers today, quite often they aren't complete marketers compared to what a Unilever marketeer would be when they're looking at all the P's, um, thinking about a complete category solution. People can become quite one-dimensional, but Unilever training taught you to understand everything in the full round in marketing. Um, and in my particular case, I was actually working in developing markets, and that was fascinating for me because the velocity of us trying to launch new brands quickly, understand the marketing mix, get the rules of the game right, and deliver things incredibly swiftly to the market. But they taught you the basics in all aspects of marketing. Quite often, not all marketers have that today. Why is that, do you think? Because uh, it's not just about working for those companies that I mentioned. Mm. What's what's missing or what's gone missing in the meantime that we're not producing marketers with that full rounded view of, of what the job is? I think marketing has changed over the years. I think we now have increasingly become more short term um, and direct response delivery, um, which means to a certain extent that some of those rounded skills have changed. Um, when I look at my own career, I've grown up from being a brand marketeer with full category expertise, and I've worked my, ladder, my way up the ladder. Um, other people come through a digital channel, and they work their way up the ladder. But quite often, as they do that, they can, I think, miss the full mix. Um, and for myself, I actually, as I said, grew the, the brand ladder, and I actually deliberately went into digital to get those skills. But yeah, I think you need to have those foundational skills of understanding all the levers of marketing. But it's a complex area today. There's so many different parts of marketing that it's quite hard to appreciate all those parts of it. So for me, I think marketers can come in one part and miss a whole chunk of marketing. And I do believe that marketers need to understand everything as much as they possibly can to be fully successful. To what consequence is that then if they're not perhaps going from the traditional starting point of insight and orientation and learning the step, steps in between and going straight to execution, if I'm taking what you're saying true. I mean, what, 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 what again, what, what would be missing? What's the consequence of not doing well, that? Well, I think, um, I guess I believe in long-term brand building. And I think ultimately, you know, you need to think about where you're going in the future. You need to develop propositions which engage consumers. And to a certain extent, you create the future. Um, the alternative is you are quite short-term and you look for small incremental gains. Now, I think there's a blend of both, but I think you do need to be visionary. And one of my concerns right now with marketing is that increasingly there's more people who are short-term who are very focused on optimization, which is very important, but you need long-term brand builders, people who look into the future, who build the future. Um, I get inspired, and I'm very lucky in my career, I've worked with some fantastic entrepreneurs who are exactly that. Alex Chesterman, Richard Reed. these are people who are kind of visionaries, and I think marketeers need that. You need to be thinking about the future, and as a marketeer, I need to make money for the business in the future. My role as a CMO is to bring the money in from the future to the present. That's my role, so I've got to be future thinking, not just in the short term here and now. You mentioned in terms of your motivation for getting into marketing in the first place, your desire to really understand customers, uh, what what their motivations, behaviour and attitudes are and how they might be changing. Was that is that the guiding principle in your in your career? Uh, let me put it in another way. Were you just looking to yes, get get up the ladder, become more senior, get paid more, presumably as you go along? But we're just more in interested in sort of new companies with new challenges and new 
customers to get an understanding of? Well, when I look at my career, there's actually probably two key moments in it where I've made a shift. Um, I was classically FMCG, so I was Unilever, I was Mars. I've had kind of very solid FMCG background, but I kind of noticed Innocent, and they were doing things differently. And I was thinking, hang on, there's this small fruit juice company in West London, and they are changing the world. And they had very small budgets, but they were highly effective in what they were doing. And that was a moment whereby I went through my own curiosity, thinking, I need a change. I love marketing, but there's a whole new area of marketing appearing here, which I don't really get. And the relationships they were, they were creating with their customers, very close relationships, was something I was passionate about understanding. So I went into Innocent, and I was very fortunate to join a number of startups. And I learned a lot through that entrepreneurial phase and actually kind of connecting with customers deeply. I think secondly, um, I went into digital. Um, and that was a second kind of pivotal moment in my career. So I thought, hang on a minute, I'm going to become a dinosaur unless I develop my skills. And I went out to, I joined Money Supermarket specifically to enhance my digital capability. And I then went on to become CMO at Zoopla. But that was very specifically about trying to grow my skills. And I think it's my, I suppose, curiosity about how to be a great marketeer and how I can connect with consumers in new ways. Uh, unpicking those couple of moves uh, a little bit more, Innocent generally is held up by, and even to this day, enjoys a, a love amongst the marketing community. People really want to read about what Innocent are up to and how they are doing things differently. You mentioned there that they were changing the world, doing things differently. I've never really understood quite what that really meant. So what is the appeal of Innocent to a marketer? What is it that they were doing differently that particularly attracted you to become their brand leader? I think if you go back to the days when um, they were using all of their touch points very cleverly, if you remember the one litre cartons and you'd turn upside down and say, stop looking at my bottom, it was little funny jokes. There's a whole tonality to it, which was connecting. And I think they massively over-delivered. So they were wanting to be West London's favourite juice company. Then it was London's favourite little juice company. Then it was the UK's favourite little juice company. But to be favourite meant you needed to connect and you needed to create strong relationships and over-deliver really exceed customers' expectations. And I think that was at a time when that wasn't really being done. There's lots of very um, uh, kind of sterile advertising. And suddenly this brand landed on the scene, which connected and cared and was passionate. It believed in sustainability, in health. It had a aura to it. And Richard, John and Adam were great leaders. And I think the what I loved about it was, I mean, they taught me so much about keep things simple, keep things focused, um, get your team motivated in the right areas. And by having the team motivated behind a very simple, clear vision, things happened. And, you know, that was a company which just made things happen, but they had a good soul and a good aura. Do you think it still has that aura and soul now? Now it's owned by Coca-Cola? I think Coke have done a good job in keeping them independent. Um, I think they... Uh, it's difficult because they're so much bigger. So with the scale they're at today, they are. it's hard to maintain that relationship. But I love the fact they still do woolly hats. I mean, there's little moments of magic which are absolutely innocent and they keep doing it. I think if they started to lose that, you start losing that magic. In my day, we had the summer fate, we had the woolly hats. So some of those things have gone, but they have tried to hold on to some of that magic. And I think they are trying very hard to protect it. 
whilst being now a much bigger brand. Picking up on your move to First Money Supermarket and then Zoopla, I was really interested in what you're saying there about you identified the need to go digital, learn digital. Can you just explain to me a little bit more about what you meant by that? Well, I'm a classically trained marketeer. So you've seen my CV and it's like I have come up through Unilever. So I kind of was very strong in classic brand building and using advertising in a certain way. But my expertise in, say, SEO or PPC or um, content marketing, I really hadn't done enough of it. So for me, I made a deliberate choice thinking, these are new ways of marketing, which I don't know enough about. And I want to be in an environment whereby I'm saturated by it. So I, I moved across, I was brand director. So I was doing things I was very comfortable in. But I had the opportunity then to learn about content marketing, to understand how that affected SEO, to think about how PPC would work, and then create a completely integrated strategy because you need all these parts working together. I think only by being in that environment can I properly understand the merits of the different levers because a marketer today, you can't be single channel. You've got to go with a where the customers are, fish where the fish are, basically. And actually, if they're online, go online. And that's where I need to en- enhance my skills. So I had the right tools to go after them. Is is the job of marketing any different, though? Obviously, the products are, the environment that you are engaging with people is, and the final mile is very different from, say, McDonald's, which we'll go on to talk about in a moment. But is... Is the job of marketing any different or is it is it just the kind of execution and the tools of delivery? Um, it's funny. When I went in there, I thought I was going to find it very difficult. So the first three months, I thought, this is going to be tough. Um, here I am, a classic marketeer, going into a digital world. But if you bring it back to core basics, it is exactly the same. Because all you're trying to do is connect with customers in the most engaging way possible. And it's understanding those channels and understanding how customers operate in those channels is is what you're doing. So I think you, if you have the same core marketing principles, just, just apply it to that channel, you can be successful. And that's what I found myself going in there, was literally keep fucking the customer, keep thinking about what they're doing in that channel, and then think about how can you engage them in the most effective way, and then trying to work out how you, you put those different channels together. And that's the answer. So bringing it almost to, up to date to, uh, to McDonald's, now looking from afar, an outsider looking in like I am, McDonald's would probably be up there with the the top echelon of desirable jobs in UK marketing. Was it an, an ambition or did it just, was it again serendipity, did it just come across? Um, I think when you're looking for a job, it is kind of serendipity. I mean, I think it was, um, it was luck, but I probably, it is the best job in the world, I think. I think I have got the best marketing job in the world. Um, it is a fantastic company. And actually, as I was going through the interview process, I kept finding out more and more and more about it. And actually, as you peel the onion back, you keep discovering more about the brand. Um, it's quite, it's actually a surprisingly humble brand. And actually, when you get into it, there's an amazing number of activities they're doing that just keep quiet and don't talk about. And to me, so yes, it was very, a very lucky move. Um, I'd actually been at ZPG and we'd sold the business. So I literally was just starting to look. And all of a sudden, the best job in the world appeared. Um, I'm a, in my soul, I'm a food marketeer. I've done 20 years of food marketing then gone digital and I was really keen to go back into a, a food slash digital role and this disappeared. Mm. Best job ever. One of the big debates, if you like, on marketingweek.com is the influence and impact of marketers. 
and that it might be diminishing. There's lots of studies and lots of people who perhaps suggest that the 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 attitudes, the behaviour of many marketers anyway, going back to some of the things that you talked about at the beginning, have sort of almost ghettoised them as communications only and they've been shorn of their bigger strategic role or the traditional bigger strategic role. Is that something, A, that you uh, recognise and B, if there's any advice that you would give a marketer who's perhaps suffering from being sidelined and being locked out at some of the bigger strategic business decisions? Is there anything that you would advise people to do generally? I think I think it's, um, well, I come back to what I said earlier, I think the role of marketing isn't just the here and now, it is the future. And we have got to own the future customer conversation. And I think what we are doing is we're delivering pound notes for the future. And I think any conversation, you know, marketing today has got to just talk to their CFO and say, this is what I'm doing. I'm delivering you long-term revenue. Um, I think there is a risk people do become communications experts, but they've got to keep thinking about, I am bringing in the future money, not just the money today. So it is those future insights, um, thinking about long-term customer value, thinking about long-term propositions, developing those visions for brands and actually taking brands on journeys. I really... I think there's a lot of marketers who do become a short-term and, inc- and incremental. It's try and have that big audacious goal which will turn the light on for customers and shoot for it and then take steps towards it because that's what excites the business. That's where what marketers ought to be doing. What's the best piece of advice in your career to date that you've ever been given and why? Uh, best bit of advice was probably keep learning. Um, I think it's quite easy to become complacent. And I think as marketers, you can be quite happy in your job. And I think I I, quite, I read quite a lot. Um, I, I go onto various online learning areas or um, abbreviated books, stores and stuff and try and read things. And I think it's quite important just to keep your learning up to date. Um, so I just think that if you don't do that, you can become stagnant and a dinosaur. And as you've seen from my career, I've actually tried deliberately to move myself on as well a couple of times. And that's forcing myself on to keep learning because otherwise you will just get sidelined. So my advice would be is keep challenging yourself, keep, be, keep being curious, keep learning. And that would be the advice that you would give from any junior marketer or somebody thinking about marketing as a career option. Yeah, and I think actually um, even my team now, I've been saying to them is, um, you know, do show some active development yourself. Try to get online, try and show your learning in areas and try to develop yourself. Um, I like to, I also don't always think about the vertical move. Think about the horizontals because if someone wants to become a CMO like myself, I think it's not just stepping up one ladder. You need to understand CRM. You need to understand PR. So as much as possible, try to put yourself out and learn other areas along the journey because one day, you know, you'll become a CMO, you will need to understand those other aspects of marketing. So try along your journey to kind of see the wood for the trees. Don't just shoot for the end. Make sure you're picking up other bits of experiences along the way through it. We've just written a piece about advancement at where a lot of people who perhaps reach general management or even exec committee CEO level positions had talked about the virtue of moving sideways and getting a broader business experience as well. I'm assuming that you've had the opportunity to do that. Would that be something that you would advise people to do as well? Um, yes, I would. Um, I think you become a better marketeer, a better 
general manager, just understanding and appreciating other parts of the business. Um, I think some of the roles I've had have quite often lent into other parts of the business, so leaning into sales or leaning into trade marketing. I've always been able to kind of have a wider experience. And actually, by moving through my jobs, um, I've picked up other skills along the way. Um, as I said, I think if you were a digital marketer and only understand digital, that's very narrow. If you're a brand marketer and only understand brand, that's very narrow. You do need to kind of reach out and understand these other areas because marketing is so diverse and customers connect in so many ways. You've got to have a, not necessarily be an expert, but a working knowledge of how to make those areas operate effectively, efficiently. What would be the thing that you would look back on in your career to date and say, that was my biggest success. I did that. Gosh, biggest success. Um, wow. Um, I've been lucky I've had a few things along the way. Um, if I, At the very start of my career, I launched 12 brands in a year. That was a Unilever, and that was like pretty epic. Um, but using the word epic, I'll probably bring it up to date and say, well, I'll bring it up to more recently and think epic strut uh, with Money Supermarket. That was a lot of fun and probably an area whereby uh, I was either going to be successful or fired, um, and it was a massive success. So um, I think a lot of those come down to understanding consumers executing brilliantly and um yeah that was that was a lot of fun and i look back and kind of proud of that one just dwelling on the epic stroke just for a moment uh, it is one of those campaigns that everybody remembers and clearly it had a transformative impact on money supermarket but i'm guessing as you've just alluded to there was a moment there where you felt are we going a little bit far and maybe you had to influence some stakeholders is that was that the case or? well um that was one, uh, I can say that my CEO didn't see any of it, even before it got shot. He didn't see any of it. And, um, was that deliberate? Uh, well, it's just, it, no, it wasn't deliberate. It was, um, I think he trusted me. Um, but it was one moment when um, I was with the team, I saw the first edit, and I thought, I will be fired. It was, I, was, I was really scared because it was just too aggressive. Um, and I think it was just the, uh, the, uh, in the editing suite and you suddenly get the first director's cut and you go, oh my word, what have I done? Um, but anyway, we just, we just moved it on a bit and we just found the balance and it worked. But it is, it's a very fine line, that situation. It could have been too aggressive. It could have been over-assertive. I mean, we, we were pushing um, uh, an interesting image into people's faces in quite a full-on way. And it could have been taken the wrong way. And we had a lot of complaints, but we had a lot of people absolutely loved it. It was, it was you know, classic Marmite, that ad. But we could have pushed it too far into the negative, and we, we managed to strike it right. So I think marketers have got to live, it, live by that sometimes. Put yourself out there and try and feel a little bit scared. And I was definitely scared at that point. And we managed to pull it back, and it, we, we found the line, and it worked. Um, so, yeah, it's great. Uh, more sound advice, I suppose, for anybody listening. Um, be prepared to be scared. Yes, definitely. Uh, flipping it from a success um, to something perhaps that you've failed doing, if there's one thing that you could identify that you didn't go right, um, what would that be? And what did you learn from it? Um, what I found hardest in my career was when I worked at Mars. Um, Mars is a very, very impressive organization. And I, I went in there as a bit of a disruptor. Um, but Mars is very, it's a very centralized business. Um, it's a very, um, a very effective, very efficient, um, but it's all about stakeholder engagement. And I, I learned in that situation where you are, where it's very centralized, you do need to, co to kind of get strong collaboration and create stakeholder 
uh, connections all around the world. Um, and I found that quite hard coming as a, a new person dropped in um, with a disruptor brief, acting kind of locally, but really needing to operate globally and actually trying to create influence in the centre. That was quite hard because I was trying to kind of not just influence the centre, but also influence Germany and France. And that was hard work. Um, and the nature of Mars is a lot of people have been there for a long time. And those chats by the coffee machine were really important and come in to try and influence. You just need to spend, it just takes time. In a business like that, you need to have you need to kind of work with all those stakeholders, influence slowly, slowly, slowly to get them to move to your ideas. And I found I probably was a bit too, um, want to make things happen too quickly. I was just pushing too fast in an environment which needed far greater stakeholder involvement. Um, what's good for me right now is in a company like McDonald's is that it's very decentralized. So yes, we have got a central organization, but very decentralized and we can make a lot of things happen in the markets where we are. But it is that, that stakeholder engagement piece and the importance of getting it right and taking time over it. It's really important to influence people, get them on your side, find someone else, influence again and keep that moving through. Let me um, propel you to the end of your career almost. If there's anything that you would like to be remembered for, if, if people were thinking about you and indeed endorsing you on LinkedIn at the end of your career, what was it that you would like to read about yourself? God, that's a hard question. Um, <laughs> I think I, I'll, I'll quote the words which Richard Reed said to me, and he always used to talk about the rocking chair test. And he said that uh, you know, Gareth, think when you when you when you're in your rocking chair, what will you be remembered by? And I suppose it's um, I think it's I suppose it's doing good ultimately. I think you're doing good by consumers. You're not trying to. Um, you're, you're doing the right thing. You're doing, doing the right choices. And I suppose I look back and I think that I've worked on um, lots of brands and I hope I've left people with um, good good memories of brands. They've, they've had great moments, but they are also feeling that they are those brands are doing a, a, a doing good, good work in the world. Um, so I don't want to be... I hope that people think that the work I've done has been positive. The rocking chair test is something perhaps that we should all do on a more regular basis, never mind at the end of uh, a career's... Um, a nice, positive and um, warm moment to finish on. So thank you very much, Gareth Helm. Thank you. You have been listening to Marketing Week Meets, sponsored by Salesforce and brought to you by Bauer London Creative, with me, Russell Parsons, and producer Tim O'Donoghue. You can subscribe to the podcast via SoundCloud, iTunes and Spotify, where you can listen again to episodes featuring the likes of Sil Saller, Scott Galloway and Galden founder Liv Little. Until next time, goodbye. Marketing Week Meets, sponsored by Salesforce's intelligent one-to-one customer journeys, helping you achieve higher revenue, happier customers and lower costs.